Alana? Yes. J-Lo. Yes? We are starting this around 10 a.m. Mm-hmm. And it's been a very good morning so far. Yes, it has. What time did we go to sleep last night? Around 10.30? Um, close to that. I mean, I know that I fell asleep like between 10 and 10.30 after I was listening to my book. I was trying to watch some YouTube videos, but I was so tired that after we agreed to go to sleep, I think I was maybe up for 10 more minutes before I was out. Mm. And I didn't wake up at all last night. I slept straight through until around 5.30. I did too. I couldn't believe how early it was. I was so tired and I slept pretty good too as well. It was awesome, babes. It was. I'm so glad you were able to do that. I know. It's been a good week since I've had a really solid night of rest. And I knew that you were eventually going to get so tired that you were going to sleep anyway. Hopefully I'll be able to sleep well tonight and tomorrow night. But I think we're going to make that happen. Yeah, I think you'll be okay. Yes. I think you'll be okay. You just said something interesting. You've been getting back into reading. You started the process yesterday. Yeah, and and the reason why I didn't read for a while is because I was having some problems with um, the app that I usually have, that, I, that I've used for a long time, because I lost the old version of it, and I was downloading the new version of this reading app, and it required me to download a newer version of Microsoft.net framework, which was really confusing to me because I, I, I didn't, I shouldn't have had to do that. I should not have to do it, but there is a way that I can download books from the same website using a different software. And so that's what I did. I just, I knew I could have, I knew I, I should have done that before, but I was like, nah, it's going to take a little bit longer. And So without blowing up your spot, Yes. You have a relative visiting next weekend, so... Well, possibly. Possibly. It looks like a good chance, uh, so we might not be doing any of these for a while, but we will get back to it, Mm -hmm. and we may release some special stuff on the feed, but... We're going to do another one tomorrow. I know, but you know what I mean. (laughs) Yeah. It's not going to be like for a week like it has to be. Right, right. Yeah, it's possible that I, I may be gone for at least a week and a half or two weeks. Yes. What I'm trying to allude to, though, Mm -hmm. is... Are you going to take any books with you if you end up going with this relative back to Seattle? For sure. Yeah, I'm probably going to be listening to it on the pl- um, on the on the plane, the the train. If most likely that we are going to take a train, and uh, at night when I'm going to sleep, because I like I love listening to audiobooks. There's so many good ones out there too. Yeah, and I'm and I just got into uh, continuing on with. The Anne of Green Gables series from uh, Lucy Maud Montgomery. It's really, really interesting. It's just interesting how people write back then, how they spoke back then. And it's kind of like you're transported into uh, somewhere in the 1920s in um, Prince Edward Island, Canada. Yes. Or at least it's based on Prince Edward Island. Very nice, Jay Wool. Mm-hmm. Yesterday. Yes. We watched a couple of episodes of Deep Space Nine, and it felt like one big story to me. It did. It certainly did. Do you want to talk a little bit about it, Alana? Um, so or, or do you want me to give the overview? Actually, you give the overview, and I'll, and I'll chime in, because I think you're much better at that than I am. So keep in mind, I was tired when we watched these. So I'm going to cover it like it was just one giant episode. Mm-hmm. 
because that's, you know, what it was to me. It starts off and it's been about three months since Captain Sisko returned back to Earth after the death of Jadzia Dax. Mm. The wormhole, which was closed by Guldicott, it remains unopened. Mm-hmm. Worf is still mourning the death of his wife. Yes. And at one point, he goes into the bar, the fictional one, I should say nightclub, that Vic Fontaine sings in. It's a hollow sweet program, yes. pretty much. Yes. And he breaks up the place. We get the impression from Quark and Julian Bashir because they go to check the situation out, that this is not the first time Vic has had issues with Worf. Mm-hmm. They send O'Brien to talk to him. O'Brien has some Klingon blood wine. We find out the next day that the reason Worf is upset is because he doesn't believe that Jadzia is going to Stovacor, which is Klingon heaven. <laughs> Yes. Because she did not die an honorable death in battle. Right. She was killed. Right. Yes. The Klingons believe that sometimes you can dedicate a battle to somebody. Mm-hmm. So Bashir, O'Brien, and Quark decide that they're going to ask Martok to help out. Is, am I getting that right? They decided that they were going to... Yes, prefer, yes, yeah. yes, you're right. You're and so Martok has this battle that he wants Worf to take a part, part yep, of. Yep. The three of his buddies... Well, maybe Quark isn't so much no, close to him. But, yeah. you know, his two Starfleet friends and a man who... A Ferengi who had a crush on Jadzia decide that they are going to go aboard the Klingon ship. Mm-hmm. While this is all going on, some interesting stuff is going on between the Federation and the Romulans. Oh yes. Now Colonel Colonel Kira. Now, no, she's yeah, and she's no longer a major; she's Colonel. Mm-hmm. She's running things on DS Nine yep. while Ben Cisco is away. Yep. One day, she gets called in to see Admiral Ross, who informs her that the Romulans are allies in the war are going to have a presence on this Bajoran space station for the time being to help out with things. Kira's not really fond of this idea, but she agrees to go along with it not, nonetheless. She doesn't really have a choice, so good for her. Mm-hmm. She needs... Do you remember the, the Romulan leader's name? I don't remember her name. I think she's a senator, though. Yeah. She meets this Romulan senator, and they kind of get along. Kira and the senator. They're not like besties, but they... They're definitely not like best friends. No, but they kind of understand each other a little bit, right. so it seems. Yeah, and, and, and Kira thinks that she's a, she's different than any Romulan she's met, at least for, for the time being. Right. The senator asks Kira, listen, could you ask your government if it's okay if we set up a hospital base around the fourth moon of Bajor? That way we don't have to go all the way back to Romulus and, you know, our our physiology is different. Mm -hmm. Kira doesn't really think about it. She agrees to the request. Mm -hmm. And the Romulan hospital gets approved. Now, another storyline that's going on has to do with Ben Sisko. Mm -hmm. J-Lo, we know that he's back on Earth. He's back on Earth. He's working at his 
father's um, uh, father's restaurant. Playing a lot of piano. Playing a lot of piano. While he's playing the piano, which I had no idea. I, I'm guessing that he actually does. Because he is a musician. He, Avery Burks. He's very good. Mm-hmm. Um, his baseball... He sees his base. He he um, he plays a piano and he, he his baseball falls off of the piano and onto the floor. And this triggers a vision by the prophets of him digging something. His baseball is next to him. There's sand, and he sees this woman. And he knows right away that he has to find out who this woman is because the prophets are trying to send him a message. Mm-hmm. He uses something that looks like an iPad. To construct a picture of the woman's face. Yep. This is like the next day. And so Jake comes in and sees this and he says, what are you doing? He's like, oh, I'm trying to find the woman. And he's like, hey, wait a minute. Isn't there? That's the same woman in the picture. And they look at the picture and. A picture that Ben's father had. Right, and he's like, wait a minute, that woman's with Grandpa. What is she doing with Grandpa? And he's like, I don't know. So he asks his, da- his, he asks his father to explain. At first he says, no, I don't want to talk about it. I'm not going to explain it. End of story. It's over. But Ben Sisko keeps pushing the issue, mm-hmm. and we eventually discover that the lady in the picture, Sarah, is Ben Sisko's real mother, yep. not the woman who he thought it was his mom. Yep, he that, fell. Yep. He fell in love with Sarah. They got married. They were married for two years. She had Ben, and then she left around the time of his first birthday. Yep, she did. She disappeared. The older Sisko married a woman who Ben thought was his biological parent, and about three years later, he tracked down Sarah. Mm-hmm. He found out that she was working as a hollow photographer. He's kind of strange. Yes. yes. <laughs> but she had died like a month earlier in some weird accident. Right. And so the the mother that Ben grew to know as Mama, um, that he thought that that was his real mother for a long time. Yes. So obviously he was very, very uh, upset. Ben decides that he has to go to this planet. Uh, why am I spacing on the name? Tyree. Tyree. Yes. And meanwhile, before he leaves, um, they were at the restaurant when this happened, right? They were in the alleyway. I think the restaurant was about to close down for the night. Somebody comes to the door. They come to Cisco in the alleyway. Yes. It's Cisco a Bajoran. In the, it's a Bajoran. It sounds like, a, sounds like he could have been a, a regular Bajoran citizen. Well, he was part of this ex- extremist group, but Ben right. thinks that he's just a regular. Well, citizen. he doesn't know that until after right. what happened, right? Keep going. Because he he says something to Benjamin as if to say, if you're looking for the orb of the emissary, because he finds that that's what he has to look for to get his, um, to figure out what, what the thing is. Mm-hmm. Um, the The guy stabs him in the side and he has to be taken to the hospital. Goes to the hospital. You don't know how long he's in there. He comes back to the restaurant probably hours later because his dad's like, hey, they, they said that they were going to release you two hours ago. 
you know, and we're kind of joking about it. Well, uh, you know, he's kind of in pain. Yeah. He's just been stabbed, almost killed. So they're at the restaurant. Then all of a sudden they they uh, see somebody at the door. Before then. Before then, go on. We find out that Jake Sisko, along with Ben's father, are going to join him on his journey to Tyree. Yep. The restaurant is closed, and we hear this lady knocking on the door of it. Starfleet officer, young lady. Young lady, much and 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 so she opened. They open the door. There's a short, shorter woman, shorter than Jedzia Dax. Um, her name is Esri. Uh, younger than Jedzia, she. We find out that she receives a Dax symbiont after Jedzia's death. They were on their way back to the Trill homeworld mm-hmm. because usually what happens is a symbiont and a Trill will be. A Trill citizen will work for years to receive a symbiont. It's not just an overnight process. Right. Esri never wanted that. Nope. As far as we can tell at this point. But she was the only one available to receive it. Because the uh, symbiont was dying. Yep. It was either put it in her or the symbiont that goes bye-bye. Mm-hmm. They agree that the four of them are going to go mm-hmm. on the journey to Tyree. Mm-hmm. Now, why this is going on, Martok's ship has left to the great battle. They're going to destroy this Dominion fleet, I believe. Yep. Or this Dominion base where they build stuff for the Dominion. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's going on. Uh, Quark's getting a little upset because, you know, he, he Worf isn't acknowledging him. Nope. He's not thanking him for what he's contributing right. to the mission. He tells us basically everybody. And Worf... Looks at him and he's like, it is you, Ferengi, who should be thanking me for this honor. Yeah, because, and and then they realize, he realizes, wait a minute, you guys don't really care about Dax. You care about her because you wanted to be with her at one time, all of you. But you were not worthy. But you were not worthy of her and I knew her. Uh, You'll never understand what kind of a woman she was. And then... uh. Martok basically tells him, yes. hey, they're here to help, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, know. You know, forget about all the stuff that they wanted to do when she was alive. You know? huh. They're here to help you out. Yeah. We should also say that on the Cardassian homeworld, there's a little bit of upheaval. Um, Damar and Wayun are going through some stuff that we don't have to get into everything. Yeah. In this I thought it was kind of interesting because Wayun and Dukat and D- uh, so I don't know about Damar, but Wayun and Dukat are, they've got some bad agendas. Yes. But Wayun hates Dukat. And I don't think that Dukat is very fond of Wayun. No, they're not. No. No. <laughs> There's a great scene in this episode mm-hmm. where Damar is trying to get with some lady he met. Yeah. <laughs> and Wayun walks in and says, we need to talk alone. Yeah. Damar's like, well, why can't she say And Wayun manifactly just... Explains to him, oh, if she finds out what I have to say, I'd have to kill her. And he's, she's like, I better go. <laughs> <laughs> it's very funny. Talk about, you know, like cock blocking Damar. <laughs> <laughs> Wayne did a great job of that in this episode. Right. Right. So yeah. going back to Deep Space Nine, we find out that, yes, there is a Romulan 
hospital. Mm-hmm. But the Romulans are also loading the moon with a ton of weapons. Kira's pissed. She interrupts a meeting between the senator and Admiral Ross, saying that the Bajoran government won't let them have Romulan weapons on their moon, and they have to remove them immediately. Mm-hmm. Meeting kind of breaks up. Later on, we find out that Admiral Ross had the Federation send a letter of protest to the Romulans, and the Romulans sent a letter of protest back. It's this great metaphor for bureaucracy. And he says, eventually we'll get the weapons off. Kira wants a concrete answer of when will when will that be? Mm-hmm. And the Admiral refuses to answer. Right. So she decides that she's going to get a fleet of Bajoran ships, which mm-hmm. are underpowered, to go after the Romulans. Yep. And there's a great scene between her and Oda where he's like, something to the effect of, I would have preferred our relationship to be long and happy, not short and... Um, Instead of short and thrilling or so, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. he has to join her because she's his yeah. girl. Yeah, right. You know, imagine Major Kira gets back fighting this battle by herself and Oda is just like sitting there. Yeah, yeah. really fly that well. <laughs> yeah, yes. exactly. Back with Cisco. Mm-hmm. We're in the runabout. Esri has gotten sick. Yeah, she, she said, I can't believe it. I, I can't believe even Maximum Warp makes me feel, you know, I never thought I would get space sick, but... It's understandable. We don't see it on camera, but apparently she threw up all over the console. Ooh. And the guys had to clean it off. The console? Their computer console that they used to navigate. Oh, she threw up all over? I didn't know that. Mm. Yes. Okay. It's alluded to. Okay. She goes to get some Ractigino. Jake (laughs) follows her. And we find out that Esri can't even stand the taste of it. But because she's dealing with all these new personalities in her head... It's overwhelming to her, and she'll do things that don't really make sense to her. Yeah, and she says, oh, I hate Ractagino. Like, why? Like, well, because Curzon liked it, and I don't like it. <laughs> it's horrible. Well, she says she keeps she, ordering it. She keeps Curzon ordering it because like Curzon, Curzon liked it, yes. but she hates it. Yes. <laughs> so she, she's very, very confused. Mm-hmm. Understandably so, because she didn't want this to happen to her. Eventually, they get to Tyree. They beam down. And they're looking for this orb. And uh, uh, Jake and his Jake grandpa. is helping his grandpa because his grandpa is far behind. He's he's an old man. Esri and Cisco uh, go to where he believes it is because he puts the ball. He puts he he takes the ball and puts it where he thinks it's supposed to be. What happens was. Right? They walk around for a long time. Yeah. Ben is holding his ball, kind of just playing with it in his hand, mm-hmm. not really paying attention. Ezri's getting a little bit upset. Mm-hmm. So he grabs the ball out of his hand and throws it. Mm-hmm. And he decides that's the perfect spot. He takes a shovel and eventually he finds the orb. He finds a, he finds this box right. with the orb in it. Before he can open the box, some interesting stuff is going on. On DS9. Yes. Kira has now taken these battleships, which are very low level, but she's, they're all she could get. Mm-hmm. She's with Odo, and they, they've headed to the fourth moon. 
Admiral Roths and the Senator inform her that they have about eight hours to negotiate a treaty because some Romulan warbirds are headed towards them. Mm -hmm. If they don't surrender, there's going to be a fight. This is why Kira is such a badass bitch. Sita says, no, we're not stopping. His word's not mine, by the way. Yes. We're, we're going to hold And I say that in the, the nicest way possible. I mean that as a compliment. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> you, don't, you don't refer to your female friends like that? No. Okay. But if they were strong like Kira, I might. Uh, and she's like, hey, we're not backing off. You're, you guys are on the wrong. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Hence communications. Mm-hmm. On the Klingon war, uh, warship. Worf apologizes to his friends and said, Jezia would often talk about you, and I was out of line, and all this stuff. Yes. They have to get very, very close to the sun yes. to destroy this Dominion shipyard, I believe. Yep. Okay. Now let's go back to Cisco. Yes. He's looking at the orb. He's thinking about opening it. Jake tries to open it, and it gets thrown back. Mm-hmm. And then we see this flashback. And we see Benny Russell. He see, yeah, you see Benny Russell. He's at this institution because apparently they think he's insane. He's, or whoever whoever put him in there thinks he's insane. He's talking to this doctor who sounds a lot like DeMar. Yes, he does. I think he probably even looks like him, right? No, because DeMar's a Cardassian, and Cardassians look really weird. Okay, he does sound like DeMar. Yes. And Benny Russell is still writing his DS9 story. He's writing the part about when the emissary, Ben Sisko, gets mm-hmm. to the orb. Yeah, and he says, and this is, and his name is Dr. Wyckoff. And I, I should mention, because we forgot to mention, that before he had this flashback, he kept hearing something as to the effect of Dr. Wyckoff, please report to the isolation, um, the isolation ward. Yes. And he's like, I really hope that Dr. Wyckoff reports to the isolation ward. And they're <laughs> like, okay, what's. <laughs> I'm sure he will, you know. And so anyway, he's in the isolation ward. Benny Russell is. Yes. Dr. Wyckoff gives him something to scrub out his DS9 story. To pen, I think, right? No, no. It's like a mop or something. Oh, oh, oh okay. Yeah. So he's asking, he's, he's, he's trying to make him erase his words. But Cisco, I'm sorry, Benny Russell beats up Dr. Wyckoff, writes That's a out. story. Yep. Cisco opens the orb which in turns opens the wormhole and yep. sends the thing that Dukat sent in there out of it. And then he sees the face of that woman in the picture. She's a prophet. He, she's a prophet. Finds out that she, um, she is not just the face of Sarah, but she made it so that she would um she would give birth to Ben the emissary the emissary and so he realizes that his birth was chosen in yes. it and that she didn't love his father right but that's less interesting than but that's less interesting than that than the fact that his birth was chosen yeah anyways she loved his gumbo though right yes right his gumbo okay kira is ready to fight. Mm-hmm. The Romulan bird warbirds are two hours early. Mm-hmm. And finally, she gets a communication from Admiral Ross. I told the senator 
either you remove the weapons or we will. Yep. And Kira's like, well, what made you decide to do this? You were kind of like against this. And he basically tells her, you did. You Remind me never to play a poker game with you. <laughs> okay. Yes. On the Klingon ship, mm-hmm. they get really close to the sun mm-hmm. because they have to fire this weapon into it. A star that's not our sun. Yeah. They fire it in. They make it. They survive. Mm-hmm. Get back to the space station. So does Cisco. Everybody walks off of Cisco's shuttle. Kids are coming up to him, celebrating. Esri comes out. People find mm-hmm. out that she's the new Dax. And Quark, uh, Quark comments that she's so much shorter. Yes. She looks at Worf, and the episode ends. And she says, Worf, we have to talk, yes. basically. So, she says that right before the episode ends. But we'll, we'll, we'll have to see what happens after that. Yes, babes. Yeah. For all you know, scenes up with Nog. Oh, jeez. <laughs> That's an odd coupling, isn't it? Yes. What did you think about this episode? This two-parter? It I was guess it's so, actually a three-parter. But. It was so different. I mean, there are different episodes in this movie, far beyond the stars being the most different of them all, I think. Would you, say, would you agree? In the TV show, I would say, oh, Time's Children is really different, too. Is it Far, Children of Time? or it's, children, it's children of Time. It's really different, too. There's, there's a is. bunch of different episodes in this series. Yeah. But this is interesting because not only are we still getting used to the fact that Jet Z is no longer there, uh, and also how Worf is dealing with that, how um, how Ben is dealing with what he has to figure out on Earth and uh, before he gets back to DS9. Um, But we also have to, uh, we also are introduced to the new, uh, the new Trill who has a Dex symbiont. And was only there for a year. Only there for a year. It's the last season of DS9. Right, only there for a year. I I think it would have been better, as I've said, if Jadzia was gone in the fifth season. And then you had two more seasons to get to know Esri, but that's just my my thoughts on that. Esri seems like a very nice person, but still very confused and still very, very new at this. A little bit spacey. A little bit spacey, yes. Yes. And spacey. Yes. Yeah. That's what? why I would make a terrible astronaut. Yes, babe, you would. Yes. yes. What does this episode say about loyalty? Because you have Ben Sisko. Mm-hmm who gets his son and father to go along with him. Mm -hmm. And then Esri joins him, right? Mm -hmm. So people who are loyal to him back him up. Yes. You have Worf wanting to get Dax into Stovacor. Mm -hmm. Because Julian was close to Dax, Mm -hmm. he is loyal to her memory. Yes. And O'Brien is loyal to both Julian and Worf. Mm. Quark considered Dax a good friend, so he, out of loyalty, joins them on the Klingon battleship. That says a lot about Quark, actually. Right. You have Major Kira mm-hmm. and Odo, who's loyal oh, to Colonel her. now. She's Colonel. Colonel. You know what I mean. Yes. Odo, who's now with her, decides that he has to be loyal to her. Now, right. that's probably because he's getting some of the Cardassian... Let's all see, right, see. all right, enough, enough. I'm sorry, I meant Bajoran. I meant Bajoran. And you also have Sarah in this episode, who 
is we find that was taken over by the prophets. And when the prophets left her, she was no longer loyal to Ben or -hmm. his father. Mm -hmm. So what do do we learn about loyalty? Um, I think loyalty plays a very, very big part in the show. And it really shows, it really says a lot about a person, about a person knowing where their loyalties lie and where their loyalties don't lie. The, the loyal ones are going to stick with you no matter what. Disloyal ones are just going to be there for you, be there when they're there and then leave. And I think if you think about how friendship should be, the, the ones who are always loyal will always be with you, um, no matter what kind of, what, no matter where you are in your life. And the ones that were never loyal to you are just going to go away. If that makes any sense. Kind of. It's an interesting show. Yeah. I, I, yeah. But it really shows what kind of a character some of these characters are, have because of how loyal they are Mm -hmm. to their friends. I would agree with that, babe. It's a good quality. Yes. Very good quality. Yes. Yes. I'm very glad you enjoyed these. I did. And I am so excited to show you two Nog episodes today. I'm excited too because I'm I mean Nog has really really grown. Just it was so it's so interesting to see him grow. You're going to see some interesting stuff today, babes. Uh-oh. That's all I got to say. Oh. Yes. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. People who know the show could probably guess what we're going to watch, but it's going to be fun. Well, and don't maybe. give it away, all right. No, gee. Well, what are you doing there, babes? I'm getting some oil. Okay. For me. Nice. You like using that tea tree oil. Yes, I, I like using different kinds of oils, but tea tree oil is uh, is really good for a lot of things. Yes, yes. Last night for dinner, Yes. we did something simple but still very filling. Oh, yes, it was very good. I told you earlier this week, why don't we make a kale salad? And I agreed. Yes. It was really good, too. How did you feel about the process of making it? Because you were having some difficulty at the beginning. Um, I was having a little bit of guilt, uh, guilty, difficulty, excuse me, because I was working with a lot of kale. I thought I got the wrong kale. You did. So I wanted but, you to get the big leaves and you got like the baby kale. Yeah, but I, I, I got the same. So I thought I wasn't sure what you were talking about because I, I did type in uh, big kale. And it just came out like it came out with the the um, in my searches. It came out with what I what I bought before, and I thought so. I thought that's what I um, what you meant. But anyway, it was okay. It, 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 was, it turned out really good. Yes. Yeah. We put tomato, avocado, avocado in it. Alana made some dressing. I put some, uh, I put, we put some cucumber in there. I made a, a, a dressing with olive oil, uh, lemon juice. A little bit of salt. A little bit of salt. Some garlic. Some garlic, yeah. It was really good, too. Yeah. And we also put some dried cranberries in there. Just oh, a handful. It gave it a really good flavor. I thought this was a great salad, babe. Yeah, it was really very good. Filling. Yes, it was very, very filling. I only had one bowl, but he ate two. It was good. It was really good. I might make that again this week. Ah, I should. bet you that would taste good over some quinoa. Mmm. You know what other vegetable I do like? It, and I don't. I it it kind of reminds me of cabbage, but 
I haven't had it much, and um, I like uh, watercress. I don't think I've eaten a lot of watercress. It's good. It's a good leafy vegetable. Mm. And the last time I ate it, this was when I was back in Hawaii. This was like in 2008. And I went to this party, and um, I had um, I had a really good dinner. And part of my dinner, I had the, um, some nice watercress. It's really good. Good leafy green, I believe. As long as we're on the subject of food. Mm-hmm. Your relative, who is coming into town this week, is not used to seeing you cook. No, not at all. She's never seen me cook anything. Anything. Not even close. We were talking about possible meals you could prepare for her. Yes, and I was thinking, um, I've really gotten on this pasta kick, and I wanted to make some pasta on the stove with... You know the pasta sta- the pasta sauce, but you gave me the um, idea of doing a pasta salad, which is pretty much pasta, except the only thing I would be cooking on the stove is the pasta. Correct. And everything else would be in bowls. My theory behind that, babe, is because mm-hmm. this person is coming in by train. Mm-hmm. If you made pasta, it might be a little bit difficult to get the timing right. Mm-hmm. But if you do the pasta salad, you can make it the day before. Mm-hmm. And it'll be flavorful and ready by the time she gets here. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. But you're just going to have to decide that one by yourself. Yeah. I was thinking of doing it with, um, if I did make a, um, a pasta salad, or or whatever it is. I was thinking about doing it with macaroni. Because I do like macaroni on occasion. Okay. That might be something. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes, you will. Yes. That's right. Yes, you mm-hmm. will. Yes. But I, I've been getting on a, a pasta kick, and it's um, it's really cool. Um, I can't believe that just in a few weeks, my pasta-making skills have been improving. That's what happens when you devote yourself to something yeah. your skills usually get better well of course yeah but i mean i'm i'm just i'm just so proud that they are getting better and i'm getting a little more and more comfortable around the stove well even with with making some things you know making some eggs with for me it's gotten much better because i really was really was determined to make it better and it has gotten much better so I'm I'm very very happy about that at least. That's awesome, babes. Yeah. It's interesting. There's this weird divide in the blind community between those who cook a lot and those who don't. Yeah, I I, I totally agree with that. There are some that that learn how to do it uh, either at a young age or older, and they just keep doing it. And there's some that just never do. I know some really intelligent blind people who don't cook for themselves. Wow, I just find that so strange. You're always getting takeout, and I couldn't do that all the time for you. Yeah, um, I mean, I know, and I do know a lot of blind people that use like uh, Foreman grills, which is a really good tool to have. I don't have one, but um, they use they 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 do whatever they can to up their cooking skills. Whether they use like crock pots or the stove or oven or whatever, even if they're not perfect, I admire someone who utilizes whatever cooking skills they can once you get back from seeing your relatives yes it will be fun to experiment with doing some slow cooking with you because the slow cooker is really really easy yeah i i hear that i have worked with crock pots before but i 
I've never worked with a slow cooker, which kind of, um, I think my, I think, um, I think, I don't know if I'm going to get one. Uh, they're relatively cheap. Are they really? You can get one, a good one for under $30. Mm. Said relative that I won't mention mm-hmm. was thinking about maybe getting me one too. Because if I didn't want to do something on the stove and I wanted to maybe make a, a Filipino dish that I really, really like, that could be a way for me to start because I can do that. I could do it in a pot too, but I could also do it in the slow cooker and it would just turn out the same way. They're good to have for summer. What I really like about the slow cooker mm-hmm. is, you one, it's very accessible because there's like a knob, at least mm-hmm. with the one I have, mm-hmm. and there's three settings. There's off low heat and then higher heat right right so it's, it's so very much simpler easy, very easy to figure out as a blind person right well so are crock pots too crock pots are a little bit more challenging you can think, still do it but i don't think they're that challenging i mean the crock pot i used to have was not that challenging at all okay no in any event any event the other thing i really like is you can put things in there and just let it cook for six seven hours Mm -hmm. you know and you can clean up you can do other stuff yep so you know stuff is going to be ready yep and you can basically get your cooking out of the way for the following day absolutely yeah and it and i wouldn't have to worry about getting out pans and making sure the the (laughs) drip you know some recipes you do want to do a little bit of pre-cooking oh sure yeah yes but it's good stuff and you can also make yogurt and Mm. The slow cooker. And beef, it's, they're good for beef stews or, or any kind of stew if you want to do that. Curries. Yeah. Really good stuff she was. Yes. I wonder if you could do like a pizza in the slow cooker. I think that that might be That's interesting. How doable. would you do that? Well, what I'm thinking is, no, it might not work, but I'm thinking you could like pour water into the bottom of it. Yeah. And let the water boil, but that would actually probably like make the bread soggy. Ugh. <laughs> Soggy pizza. Yeah. But you had to put water in there anyway. You had to have some sort of wi- liquid in there. Yeah, you had to put water in there anyway so that whatever you put in there will absorb it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Very good to have in the winter. Because I was thinking maybe if I am able to get one, I was thinking of making something that I've been thinking about making, which is probably one of the most easiest filipino dishes that either involves chicken or pork whichever you want to do uh it's called adobo Adobo chicken chicken adobo or pork adobo and there's there's a there's a mexican way to make it and there's a filipino way to make it the filipino way to make it is a little bit sweeter you have vinegar soy sauce i believe um, I think you put a little bit of sugar in it, if I'm not mistaken, and you put some bay leaves and peppercorns. Mm. And you boil the chicken, and you and once all that stuff is on the chicken and the sauces, because it, it has like a little bit of a sauce on it, it goes so good over rice. I should get a rice cooker. Rice cookers are great. I keep hearing that. It's not the, that hard to do it on the stove. No, no but... No, but you get really good rice out of a rice cooker. You don't have to cook it on the stove all the time. I mean, all you got to do is take out the basket from the rice cooker, put the rice in there, how many, however many cups, wash it three times by hand, then you put the basket in there and wait till it's cooked, and you get 
perfectly cooked rice. I'm telling you, a lot of Filipinos have <laughs> rice cookers. You can tell. Huh. You can tell a Filipino household if there's a rice cooker. Nice. We like our rice. Yes. We like our rice. Big and Asian food. No matter no matter how we try to stay away from it, we just can't get away from it. It's it's like it's like deep within the Asian culture. Yeah, it, it is. is. It's very we we just have a love affair with rice. It's just no matter what it is. I've known Filipino people, Asian, uh, I mean, Filipino people, Koreans, Koreans, uh, Vietnamese people, Indians, and all of them seem to like rice. We love our rice. Yes. Doesn't matter what Asian culture, you, Asian person you talk to, we love our rice. It's. I'm sure there are some Asian people who hate rice, but oh, I have not met any. I haven't either, and we like it. We like it sticky. Yes, we love it nice and sticky and soft. Yes. Mm. We could also do a barley stew. We haven't done that yet. Is barley good in a stew? Yeah, you use the pearl barley. Hmm. Really, really good. I've never bought pearl barley. Does it have like a weird texture or like an interesting taste to it? Or it tastes really good, actually. Really, and it's cheap too. You can find it um, usually in stores. You'll find it in the section where you find the um, the bags of rice mm. and like the um, garbanzo beans bagged up. Okay. And <clears throat> other beans too, but yeah, you'll find it in that section. It's like a dollar for a bag of pearl barley. Wow. But most people just don't know how to cook with it because they just don't. Mm. They're not experienced with it. Okay. But I make a pretty good barley stew. But how do you cook it? You just kind of like boil it. So what we would do is, I don't want to get into the specifics here, but we cook it a little bit on the stove top just to get the process started. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then we throw it in the slow cooker with other ingredients. And okay. it kind of takes on the flavors of what you cook it with. Mm. So we cook it with a nice stock, some garlic. Yes. We have a lot of celery, some tomatoes. So I know that you're not, you're not stuff. using, Potatoes. I know that right now you're not eating any meat, obviously, but. Right. Do you use do you use flavored stocks like you, do, you don't use chicken stock? I use a vegetable stock. You use a vegetable stock, but you again you flavor it with other things, right? Okay, you know, okay. But we'll have to come to that road at some point, babes. Yes. Yes. Well, maybe the next time I come to your place, whenever that is, we can use your slow cooker. That's a possibility, babes. Yeah. 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 And make it over here too. Okay. I don't have a slow cooker, but you're eventually going to get one. Maybe. I mean, uh, that's in the talking stages as well. It's super cheap, babe. Really? Yes. Mm. It's, like I said, you can get a really good one for under $30. Hmm. Yes. Did you get one? Where did you get yours? The one I have now, mm -hmm. my grandmother gave it to me. And it still works? Yeah. So what happened was it was never used. Oh. I have a cousin... And my grandmother bought it for my cousin as a housewarming gift. Yeah. But this person already had a slow cooker. Oh, so it was okay. unopened. But I Googled the pricing of it. I looked at different stores throughout mm -hmm. the years, and mm -hmm. it's always been under $30. Wow. Um, so, yeah. Wow, okay. Yes, babes. Yeah. That's what, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's what um, they were thinking about maybe possibly getting, ordering for me. That'd be good. There's a few things I need to get um, ordered, but um, yeah, it might be good, you know. I think so, Jill. Might be good. 
Could you make pasta in a slow cooker? You know what? I never have, but I've heard it's possible. I'm not quite sure how because it seems like the noodles would get too soggy. Yeah. But I've seen I've seen the people have done it online. I'm just not sure how it's turned out. Yeah. Now, I have made pasta in a crock pot before. Yes, you can. I believe you can do that, yes. And that's come out pretty good. Okay. And how did how did that work? Did you did you put it on the low heat or No, I put it on high and instead of cooking it for eleven minutes, I cooked it for like two or three minutes. Oh, okay. Oh I see. I see because it was it was a different kind of a temperature. Yes. Yeah, because they get hot the the, the the heat gets pretty hot pretty quickly. Correct. Okay. Yes. I see. Yes. Hmm. We'll have to see about that, Shadlo. Yeah. Yes, yeah, wool. Yes. Well, crock pot or slow cooker, I'm, I will, am willing to use either one. Well, I know that the Instapot has both features on it. Really? But they're less accessible for blind people, so it's kind of uh, hard to navigate. Why can't we have one? Because I like to cook, I like to use a lot of different tools in the kitchen. Oh, okay. I see. Okay. Yes. Yes. Okay. Have you, what was the last time you cooked in your, um, what was the last thing that you cooked in your Instapot? I think I used the slow cooker function for yogurt not that long ago. Mm. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. No, I'm sorry. I made a cheesecake earlier this summer. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Cool. Yeah. But you usually make your cheesecakes in, uh, in your food processor. I make the filling for the cheesecake in the food processor. Oh, I see. But when I actually cook it, yeah. it's in the Instapot. Oh, interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. And sometimes you can just let it sit in the fridge. Yes. And it, but, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's good stuff, babes. Yeah, so it so it forms into this glorious cheesecake. Oh, yes, you will. Oh, yeah. I might have to do cheesecake when you're away. Oh, when I come back, I want to eat some of your cheesecake. Okay, we might be able to arrange that, you will. Yay. Yeah. All right. All right, J-Lo. Yes. You showed me a Richard Dreyfuss film last night. I did, and you know what? I haven't watched it in so long, and I forgot how good it was. Called Stand By Me. Yes, which was based on a short story by Stephen King, which I didn't realize it until you mentioned it. I think the story is called The Body. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Stand by me. Yes. Tell me about this movie. So it's about these four kids. Um, this is around the time that they, it was the summer before they entered a junior high. In around 1959. And that around 1959 where things were much different. And there, they, the, the main character was Gordy, played by Will Wheaton. A young Wesley Cresser. Right. Who Go was on. on TNG, right? Yes. Okay. I, I have no idea who that is. I didn't really like his character that much on TNG. But not not that memorable. He's memorable, but he's not that good. He's more memorable as Gordy. He was more like... I'll talk about him some other time, but I didn't really <laughs> like the character Wesley Crusher. Okay. One of those kids who's like too smart. It's like, come on, dude. We gotta... You're, you gotta you do something... Some you gotta do something foolish once in a while, right? Yeah. Anyway, I digress. So, the main plot of the story is about Gordy... He's dealing with the death of his older brother, um, Denny. Played by Jean Cusack. Right, and he was this this great football player that I think was in high school. Yes. He was in high school, and he I think he died in like this really horrible... I don't think they ever uh, say how he died. Does he? 
Do they? I don't think so. Or maybe not. Okay, it's it's it's. it's but we know that he died about four months before this. He time. died four months before. I'm not quite. We're not sure how he died. I thought he died in an accident, but maybe I was wrong. Um, his parents have not gotten over it, obviously, because it's just four months. Oh, I remember how he died, babe. What? He was working with a rice cooker, and he got addicted to eating rice. And eventually, he just, like, overate because he's making all this rice. Okay, that's a weird way to die, but no, that's not right. Okay, keep going. It might have been an accident. I don't remember. I mean, it was been it was a long time since I watched it. Anyway, before we watched it last night. Yes. Keep going. So his parents obviously have not gotten over it because he just died four months before. His room, um, his brother's room, is still the way it was. All these like base um, football trophies and pictures. His 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 gorgeous girlfriend, whatever. Um, his dad gives him a hat that used to be his brother's hat. And no. No, what? 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 Would, so, would you interrupt me? Sorry. Okay. His dad gives him a hat. Go on. His dad does not give him a hat. Well, That's didn't he? interrupted you. Well, 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 he got, well, okay, so. Do you want me to tell you what happened? Yes, go ahead. Okay. I wouldn't have interrupted you if you weren't factual. You just did it so abruptly. Sorry, because that's not what happened in the movie, babe. Well, you could have said, excuse me, can I interject? Okay. Let's try this again. Uh, Jay, let's start with his dad gives him a hat. Okay, his dad does not give him a hat, but he gets a hat. Excuse me, may I interject? Yes. He's looking for something, and his dad says, okay, it's in your uh, dead brother's room. He goes up to get it. While well, Will Whedon is in the room, he has this flashback. In the flashback, John Cusack and him are on the bed, and Cusack puts his good luck hat on the younger brother and says, this is now yours. Oh, okay. Okay, so I was under the impression that his dad gave him the hat. Okay, I was no. completely wrong about when that. When he's leaving the room, yeah. Will Whedon's dad comes up to the room. Well, so you forgot to mention that. What? That that was a flashback, so I didn't know. But I mentioned it just now. I know. But that's why I didn't know that that was a flashback. But anyway, okay. So his brother gives him his good luck hat there. Keep going, babes. Um, and then um, his father mentioned something like, why can't you get friends that were just like your brother? Why can't you get good friends? Like good that? friends like your brother. You, you know what I meant. Sorry, okay, keep going. Would you stop? Okay, sorry. I'll, let, I'll sorry. try. I'll let you take the lead. Well, I, I, I don't have to take all the lead. You can, sorry. you can jump, chime in. Just, you know, be. I little. think what you need right now is a quick kiss. No. Yeah, come on, quick kiss. No. Yeah, come on, quick kiss. Okay. Yeah, come on, quick kiss. Mm-hmm. Yeah, come on, quick kiss. Mm-hmm. I love you, Jace. Keep going. You gonna be good now? I'm always good. Mm. Keep going. Okay. So his dad says, why don't you get good friends like your brother? And he says, well, they are good friends. He's like, yeah, but they're a bunch of thieves, pretty much. They're, they're, they're bad news. They're, they're delinquents. You know, you shouldn't be around them. And he just doesn't like his friends. Well, um, I know I'm skipping around because I have to get to the main plot. That's all right. The main plot is that there's this kid named Ray Brower who has been missing for a while. Don't know where he is. 
Um, somewhere in the plot, there are these four older kids, and I'll, I'll um, could you say a little bit something about them? They're assholes. They come around to give you an example about these kids. One of them is the older brother of Chris, who is Will Wheaton's friend. Yes. They're walking down the street one day, just shooting a gun. Mm -hmm. And the older kids come by, and they still... What was uh, homeboy's name in the movie? Will Wheaton's name? They steal Gordy's hat. Gordy's hat. And that's his brother's hat. Yeah. And the other friend pushes Chris down to the ground. Yeah. So the, the, I, I don't like these kids. Well, I never liked these kids from the beginning, especially, and I, I think it's worth mentioning before we get to the other kids, it's worth mentioning that these older kids, they're idiots, very, very stupid. They're talking about Ray Brower, and they're trying to figure out how to get the body, how to get to the body. And they're trying to run I think they're trying to do it so that the, the cops don't know or something like that. I don't remember. Um, but they're they're trying to get dibs on this body. I was I was under the impression that they wanted they knew something about the crime because they just didn't seem like good kids to me. Yeah, we don't know that for sure, but that's a strong possibility. It's a strong possibility, but we don't know. But they're they're bad news. Well, while they're talking about Ray Brower. One of the kids, who's played by Jerry O'Connell, Vern, he plays a fat kid in the movie, uh, which is kind of interesting. He's sitting under the porch. You don't, they don't see him. We do. You do, right? Yes. He's sitting under the porch and he's listening to this and he's probably thinking, hmm, that's interesting. So anyway, um... These kids show up in a few more scenes. I'm not even sure why they're there, honestly, the older kids. But the younger kids, you've got Chris, Gordy, Vern, and uh, Vern and Teddy. A lot of them are troubled, ki- troubled kids. Some of them... I think they all are. In some they, they are all, they're all troubled kids in their own way. Teddy probably being the most troubled, I think. Um, they decide that they want to find this body. They want to find Ray Brower. And they concoct a plan to tell their parents, hey, I can tell my parents. So I think they're trying to figure out, well, how are we going to do this without making it seem like we're camp, you know, like we're going to go and um, spend time by ourselves trying to figure this out. And they said, okay, well, I'm going to say that I'm going to stay at such and such's house and we're going to go to the horse races. And they're trying to concoct this plan to tell their parents because I guess at that time you can get away with it and your parents won't know. What they planned to do was to camp out there for a weekend, for two, for, for a weekend. And they want to go to, what river was that called? I forgot the name of the river, but it's a long way away, which is why they need the time, because they have to walk to it. Right. None of them drive yet. They're only, like, 12. And they have to get food and things to keep them, them sustained. And But they don't even realize it until they're on their journey, and they have, like, two fifty between them. Right. $2.50. But this is also based back in the 50s, where a nickel could buy you, like, a seven forty seven. 
Supposedly. Supposedly, yeah. Allegedly, according to me. Right, according to you. Yes. Um, so they're trying to figure this out. And they they need to, they, they want to get to this river because they believe that that's close to where this body is. They don't, they don't know how to get it. So they run into a whole bunch of things. Um, uh, Will Wheaton's character, Gordy, goes to this convenience store and buys a whole bunch of food because they ran out of food. And all the shopkeeper could talk about was his brother. His brother playing football and how, you know, that his brother, it was a shame that his brother died and everything. On their journey, they also run into this, like, really, really nosy neighbor with a, with a really crazy dog that the neighbor wants to sick on them. And he's saying things like, I know you kids. You guys have rotten fathers. Or one of the fathers. Um, he's particularly bashing River Phoenix's dad. He, he's bashing Teddy's dad. And even Teddy was really upset, even though his dad was a lowlife. And he's crying. And. And the and the and his friends are saying, well, he doesn't know anything about your dad. He's just a rotten guy. He doesn't know anything about your dad. You know, don't worry about him. You're fine. And the 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 guy was one of those like really nosy neighbors that were that um, was not really practicing what he preached and everything like that. And so they kind of leave him and the dog. Teddy was about ready to kill him after he mentioned his dad. Um, they left that one, and then. What else do they do? They they smoke cigarettes. They tell stories around the campfire. They made s'mores and told stories around the campfire. They ask each other questions about life. They ask each other who who what kind of, what kind of animal is Goofy? He's clearly a dog. <laughs> yes, he's a dog. <laughs> wolf, 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 wolf. Yeah, I like Goofy. Yes. Anyway, but moving the plot along, they eventually find the body. They do find the body. It's like under a bush, right? I believe so. Yes. They find the river and they... Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Will Wheaton uh, had some... Uh, okay, okay. So so before, on their way to the river, or was it that same river? They run... They have to make this, like, stick thing to get across this creek. They end up falling in the river. They come out. They're kind of rough housing, and they get, like, a whole bunch of leeches on them. It's this really disgusting episode. Or, or not episode, but a disgusting scene. It's really gross. But Will Wheaton had an experience with what we believe, or what I choose to believe, is a female leech. Alana, keep going. Ugh, gross. Maybe we'll leave that part to your It's gross. It's gross. Anyway, so eventually they find the body. And they're thinking, oh, this is a real kid. This is a real kid. We found the body. And they decide to make, um, to get a bunch of branches to make a stretcher for this body. And Gordy's looking at this body. And he's thinking about his brother. And um, he also had dreams about his brother during their camp out. And he was thinking, he was saying, why, he asked his friend Chris, why did my brother have to die? Why did my brother have to die? And he's trying to grapple with it. The two other kids are trying to um, do whatever they could to um, make, you know, treat the body with dignity because it was, because he was a kid that wasn't that much older than him. And 
And so Chris was trying to comfort his friend Gordy because Gordy believed that his father hated him. He loved his brother more and he hated him because he didn't do what he was, his brother was doing. And Chris was saying, you know what? You're going to be fine. You're going to be a writer someday. You know, you're going to do well for yourself. Don't worry about it. You're going to be, you're going to be really good. And he was basically looking out for his friend Gordy. Meanwhile, those stupid older kids come back and they're trying to get dibs on the body. Ace is the leader. I think, I don't remember if Ace was Chris's older brother or not. I don't think so. I could be wrong though, because I was really, really out of it yesterday from sleep deprivation. Well, anyway, Ace was threatening to kill them if they didn't give them the body. If they, if they stayed, they would kill them. If they left, they wouldn't kill them, but they still wanted the body. Well, Ace takes out the gun, or I'm sorry, Chris takes out the gun that he found, shoots a warning shot in the air. Chris does? May I interject? Yes, he does. May I interject? What? Gordy has the gun. Okay, I'm sorry. Gordy has the gun, but he's basically ready to kill Ace. Yes. It's implied that it's possible that he runs out of ammo, but we... I heard something in the movie that made it sound like that, but again, I wasn't in the best frame of mind yesterday, so I told Alana it sounds like he ran out of ammo. He may not have. Yeah, right. He he fires a warning shot, doesn't hit anybody. I thought somebody was hit, and basically says, "No, I'm, I'm going to kill you." And you know, I'm, yes. I'm going to kill you. So when he's pointing the gun at the blonde-haired dude after he gave the first shot, yep. he does something that to me it made it sound like it ran out of ammo. Yeah. But I'm also not a gun person either, so right. it could have been that he was cocking the gun back. And I wasn't too sure about what was going on with with um why so. So Gordy, Gordy and Ace had an exchange. They agreed not to leave. And eventually the kids, the kids give up and say, you know what? We're, if you think you're, if you think that we're going to forget this, we're not. They leave. I forgot how that happened, but they left. Because of the gun thing. Because Gordy has the gun at Ace and he says, you guys are going now. And Ace is all like, well, you can't kill us all. And Gordy explains, no, nope, we're just going to kill, kill you. you. Yep. And Ace sees that his friends aren't really defending him. So he's like, all right, we're going to leave now, but we're not going to forget about it. We're not going to forget it. Okay. So nobody gets killed. Um, they decide what they're going to do with the body is they're going to, they're not going to take it. None of the, none of the, the gangs got credit for any of this, but they decided that an anonymous phone call would be the best way to report that the body has been found. It's Labor Day weekend. They get back Sunday morning. The guys go about their lives. And then we hear the narrator, the great Richard Dreyfus, explain what happened to everybody. Yep. He kind of fell out of contact with Jerry O'Connell and River Phoenix, but Chris and him ended up going to school together. Gordy becomes a writer. Chris becomes an attorney. And Richard Dreyfus explains that Chris died about a week earlier when he went into a store and the person in front of him pulled out a knife to rob the owner of the store. 
And, but Kristen intervened and was stabbed to death. Yep. He died instantly, we believe. Almost instantly. Richard Dreyfus's son comes in with his friend and says, Dad, we want to go and do something. Yeah. He says, I'll be right there. The friend says, Yeah, You're but dead. he said that a half hour, an hour ago or right. whatever it was. Half hour ago, I believe. Half hour ago. It's like, okay, I'll be there in a minute. But, yeah, he's, and so he's he, like, okay. He, ty- he types in something in his computer about, Chris is the best friend I ever have. Yeah. Shuts it down and then leaves. Yep. What did you think, JLo? I forgot how good this movie was. This was surprisingly well. I um I forgot how heavy it was. It wasn't as heavy as some of the other movies that I, that we watched together, but it was pretty heavy for for 12-year-olds. Which probably may have been a reason why it may have been a it may have had an R rating or a PG-13 rating, I think. I don't know. This it is the first time I've seen it from beginning to end. Yeah. I've seen clips of it throughout the years, but Yeah. I never watched it this way. Uh, I enjoy this film a lot. So let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. I know you're not with them all the time, but you have nieces and a nephew. Yeah. Do you think that, and I'm bringing that up for a reason. Do you think that they make films like this for kids these days? Not for kids. I don't know. That's a good question. I mean, I don't know if my nieces and nephew would appreciate a movie like this. Or maybe they would. Why don't you think they would? Do you think it's because it's a different time? Possibly, but you never know. I mean, a lot of kids are getting into, or even adults are getting into really older movies, and they're appreciating them more. But I don't know. Uh, It's possible that they may appreciate a movie like this when they get older. But do you think that they should make more movies like this aimed at kids in our modern age? Possibly, yeah. Yeah. This one, I mean, because it was supposed to be set in the 1950s, would you agree that it was kind of um, a grittier storyline? Than some films, yes. I would agree. But it also, um, I think a movie like this teaches kids about, um, in some ways, about character and humanizing someone who died not denigrating the dead, um, thinking about what really matters in their lives, um, about uh, things like that, you know, a, a child's future. I don't know. I think in some ways we try to protect kids too much. Mm-hmm. And one of the results of that is kids of this generation, I'm assuming, being a 37-year-old adult, yeah. don't go out on adventures like this now. Absolutely Because their not. parents are always tracking them on their smartphone. and Yeah, they, they didn't know. do a lot of things when we, you know, the stuff that in our own generation did when we were much younger. It doesn't seem like it. So that makes it more problematic to make a film like this now. Probably. But I think... We need we need reminders that kids used to go outside and have adventures. That's why I want to show you a movie that I think is like one of the most adventurous movies when I when I was a kid watching. And um, you have not seen The Goonies, which I'm really surprised. No, I've not seen it. And I'm from Oregon. That's a great movie. Such a great movie. It isn't just for guys for for little boys, but anyone who likes adventure. Anyone who likes mischief, anyone that likes 
looking for treasures and things like that, looking for clues. It's really fun. And you see, and it was filmed in Astoria, Oregon. Is Corey Feldman also in that movie? He is, but he's good. He plays, um, he plays a kid that they call Mouth. But he was very, he was particularly good in this movie. Hmm. Uh, James, uh, Josh Brolin's in it, Carrie Green's in it, and a young Sean Astin. Yeah, it's a good movie. Okay. It's really fun. Okay. Yes. Getting back to this film. Yes. They do, excuse me, they do something in this movie that I don't like when I see it done. And it's the idea of the wise beyond their years kid. Mm -hmm. So you have the teenagers who are rambunctious and just want to have fun with this body. Yeah. Then you have people like Chris and Gordy who want to do that at first, but once they, they find out it's the reality of death, it's no longer a news story on the radio. They right. treat this kid with more respect. Yeah. And I feel oftentimes in media, you have this super intelligent, enlightened kid portrayed, whether it's this or Will Wheaton doing Wesley or <laughs> 90s sitcoms where a kid does something that outsmarts the adults. Well, let me... And, go ahead. Let me... Um, maybe I have a theory for this. Tell me. And I could be completely wrong, but maybe it's because in reality off of these shows, children, younger children are thought of as not knowing a lot. They're not, uh, you know, when they think of people that are wiser than the um, the preteens, they think of kids in their late teens or even um, young adults that are much wiser than them. And maybe they want to do that because they want to portray young kids as that they can be wise. They don't have to act the way that they usually do. I don't know. They can, but there's a lot of dumb kids out there. There's some really smart ones, but there's a lot of ones that are just, like, really, really dumb. They are, yeah. And I don't think it helps the cause when you try to make every little kid seem like this enlightened being. I don't know about that. Mm. I don't know. I, I mean, it doesn't bother me as much as it bothers you, but I don't know about that. Yeah, I mean, and you could say it's not true even in this movie because... River Phoenix and Jerry O'Connell are just kids. They're not as smart as Gordy and Chris. They're not as smart as Will Wheaton and uh, and uh, Corey Feldman, I guess. Correct. Yes, a young Corey Feldman, apparently. Yes. I want to get back to something you said about the teenagers. Why are they in the movie? Yeah, I know. <laughs> we never get any follow-up. Mm-hmm. At the narration of the end, he never says they came after us later or it turns out that they were less arrested, uh, you know, the next day for doing something really dumb. They, they just leave that as a blank slate. Right. And it's another thing I hate about movies. Oftentimes they'll put in a villain where there's none needed. We don't need the villain. Villain or villains. Yeah. Right. We don't need the older teenagers to make this an interesting story. Exactly. <clears throat> I totally agree with you. 
because they're not a part of the A plot at all. They're not even, I mean, what are they doing there? That's, that's, a, that's, I don't get it. I don't get it. Maybe there was a reason why they were there, but I just don't get the, I just don't understand why they no, would be. I don't either. And they never, it never resolves. We don't know what happened to these people. But wait a minute. Well, we hear that they, you know, after 36 hours, something happened, but we don't know what. Do we? It's this thing about 36 hours, like they they were running, but not after 36 hours or whatever it is. I completely missed that part. Yeah, I didn't miss it. Okay. 36 hours. Something happened within 36 hours, and their time was up, apparently. But we don't exactly know what happened. Okay, I but, space out on that. But getting back to that, I don't know why they're in the movie, and I don't think they should have been in the movie, honestly. No. Yeah, if they were dealing with one kid, that would be different. But they were dealing with four other kids. Yes. Yeah. I don't get that. You're playing with your stopper? Yeah, I'm done now. Oh, no, I'm not. Okay, I'm done now. (laughs) Have fun with your stopper. Yes. I like this movie, though. I thought it was good. I'm glad I've seen it. It was a good movie. It's kind of like we're doing this weird Bill Murray, Richard Dreyfuss thing this weekend. I really want to show you, I really want to show you Mr. Holland's opus. It's fantastic. The music is really good. Everybody in the cast is really good. And it's, um, I, I think the, the, the first time I watched it, I think I might have been in my late teens. I watched it with my family. It was really, really good. Parts of it shot here in Portland. Which part? I think I've told you this before. What? That this was a rumor that there was a kid in my school. Mm-hmm. Supposedly, they there's scenes at Mr. Holland's Opus's house. Oh, that's right. Okay, yeah, that's right. You told me, yes. The mm-hmm. rumor was that they shot those scenes at this kid's house. Okay, okay. Yeah, that's right. Yes. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's a great movie. Nice. If we did like a Corey Feldman um Richard Dreyfus night or something. I don't know if I want to do that, but if we did. Well, no, if, if we did, I could show you The Goonies and Mr. Holland's Opus, but they're both really good movies. Yes. Well, after you get back in a couple of weeks, we, we got to do the job. Whenever I thing. leave, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, which I don't know when it's going to be. It's in the talking stages, but. Gee, well. Yes. We also watched Meatballs. And I was I thought that I saw it, but apparently I didn't see I it. I knew you didn't see it, but I just didn't want to see it. How did you know that? I just knew. How? Because a year ago I told you that I just watched Meatballs and you're like, Oh go in yes, I haven't seen that. I've only heard about it, okay. And since you're a little bit older now, your memory isn't as good. Hey. Yeah, you should speak for yourself. Oh, it's the, my memory is not as good as it used to be. No, no, my mem- I I still think my memory is sharp, but there are some movies that I know for sure I've seen, but there are, and I've watched a bunch of movies when I was much younger, but I can't. I I don't know. I don't. I wouldn't know unless someone actually said, "Oh, this movie is Meatballs," or "This movie is such and such." And I had, and I thought I watched it because I was thinking of a different camp movie, but it was. I was wrong. I didn't watch it. Would you like to talk a little bit about this film? It was odd. I think you'd be better at it because you've seen it more. You you've seen it once before, and I haven't. I'm going to give a very very brief recap of it. Okay, go ahead. 
Just so you know. Yeah. Keep it on the level. Yes. Okay. It starts out. We're following these kids mm-hmm. come into this camp. And the head camp counselor is played by Bill Murray. The guy who owns this camp is named Morty. Mm-hmm. Bill Murray gets to give announcements every morning. We see the kids come in. We see the counselors. Part of the reason I'm giving an overview mm-hmm. that's going to be a little bit quicker is there's so many characters. It's a lot of characters. Yeah, I, I, I'd rather say less and let people discover way them, too many than characters. Me having yeah. to remember like every single one, but right, I'll give right. you a brief overview. Uh, there's one boy who I'm guessing is around 13. I believe it's Rudy. Rudy, correct. Yes. Who is shy, doesn't really know anybody, and. One point early on in the movie, he decides that he's going to leave the camp, but he has nowhere to go. Right. He goes to this restaurant. Bill Murray decides to dine there. Yep. And hang out with Rudy. Yep. They become close. Bill Murray is sort of this goofy guy who says a lot of crazy stuff to try to make Rudy and other people around him laugh. And he, and he has, yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, he has. They develop a friendship. They start playing... Cards. Cards together. They start going jogging in the morning. There is a rivalry between another camp. Camp Mohawk. Camp Mohawk, where you have to pay $1,000 a week to send your child there. Yeesh. Yes. It's like a ritzy camp, apparently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Near the end of the movie, they have this two-day sports events. Yep. And Mohawk has won... Every single year for the last 12 years. Mm-hmm. Bill Murray's like, it just doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. It and just he, doesn't matter. It, he gets the staff to say it. It yeah. just doesn't matter. It Which just... Is, is, in a way, is like what I feel about 2020. <laughs> this is a great speech for our time. But... Because they beat them so many times. Right. Yeah. But Camp Mohawk goes up against Bill Murray and his team. Doing pretty well. Comes down to the last events, which is a running thing. Mm-hmm. Bill Murray selects Rudy to go up against one of the Mohawk campers. And he was saying that Rudy is short enough. Yes, because the other kid is like three or four years older than him. That he can duck under these trees yep. and He's all like, this stuff. Yo, Rudy the Wabbit. Yes. <laughs> Get, that's in this pep talk before the big race. Yes. Do the race. Rudy wins for the school. Yep. Camp Mohawk is embarrassed. Yep. They all go uh, off the next day. But Murray lets it be known that he's going to come back next year to council, and Rudy's going to be there as well. Yep. Everybody goes off. Fun is had by all. Again, I know I gave a completely simple... But there's a lot of characters in it. There's there's just like one... Yeah. And there's a couple of storylines. So if you have any that stand out to you that you want to share, please do so. Yeah. And and I will say that as far as we know, there were no actual meatballs in the making of this movie. No meatballs got hurt. No meatballs got hurt, yes. Yes. Is there any characters you want to highlight... Maybe you want to go into Spaz a little bit. You don't have to. Spaz, so Spaz is an odd character because he's like this nerdy counselor. And uh, it was mentioned in the movie that he's like over-sexual and 
I think that was something Bill Murray made up to <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. Because he hasn't he hasn't been with any girls at he, all. It seems like it has near the first day, near the beginning of the movie, when all the counselors are meeting, Bill Murray's talking to this lady. He points at Spaz and he says, He's a really ladies' man. You can't tell by looking at him, but one night we went to a bar. Spaz He took on up, six nurses. Six nurses, and the next day four of them weren't able to make it to work. <laughs> There's also a fun scene with him. He gets assigned to the cabin that he's supposed to work in. Spaz goes in, and the kids just start throwing pillows at him. <laughs> Completely disrespect him, especially because of his name, Spaz. Right. And but but somewhere along the way, he meets with one of the. I guess he um, he ends up dating or going on a date with one of the counselors. And uh, was it Bill Murray who asked him about what happened? Like, what happened? What did you do? What happened? I think it was somebody else. And he's like, well, did you make out? He's like, well, yeah, I did. Well, what, how did it lead? What, what happened? What did you do? How did it lead to it? Well, uh, I held her hand. He's like, you held her hand? And the guy got so excited. He's like, I thought he was going to make fun of him. Or maybe he did. He's like, wow, you held her hand, and you guys were in the woods, and it was dark. Yeah, I don't think they actually make out. It was his hand holding, but it was good. Yeah, but they, but he said holding her hand, right? right. Yeah. But anyway, yes. it was funny. Yes. Spaz was an interesting character. Yes. Yes. And then there was another one named Roxanne. Roxanne, Roxanne. Roxanne, Roxanne. Who ended up going with Bill Murray, I believe. Yes, was Tripper. Yes, Tripper. Triple. I always just refer to him as Bill Murray for some reason. Yeah. Have you you've never seen coffee and cigarettes? No, it sounds like a it sounds like a gross combination. Combination. Okay, it's a Jim Jarmusch movie, mm-hmm. and it's an anthology film. So you only see characters in one scene of the movie. Oh. Basically, the premise is it's. What happens when people get together for coffee and cigarettes? Okay. There's this great scene. We'll actually watch it after this because it's only seven minutes. Mm. It's with Bill Murray and Riza and Jizza from the Wu-Tang Clan. And they just keep calling, what's up, Bill Murray? You're here working at the restaurant, Bill Murray? Really, really good scene. Um, mm. But when I call Bill Murray, Bill Murray, now I think of Riza. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, back to Meatballs. Meatballs. Yes. What did you think of this movie overall? There's a lot of funny things in it. I. It was hard to keep track of everybody. That's the one, the only one criticism I had. But there was a lot of funny stuff in it. And you said that it was okay that they didn't feature a lot of kids in it, right? I, I did mean, there because was there's always so many people that so you can't tell kids. everybody's story. And there's a lot of extras. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. What's your favorite Bill Murray movie, J-Lo? Um, well, one of them now is Rushmore. Good choice. And I, I, I know that you didn't think much of Lost in Translation, but I liked it. I didn't hate it. There's some good scenes, funny. but I didn't think it was as good as everybody was trying to say it was. Okay. I like both of those movies. Yeah. I don't know that I have a favorite Bill Murray movie, but I like both of those movies. We're going to watch What About Bob tonight. Yes, we are. And I only saw parts of it, little little bits of it. So I don't think, and I wasn't too interested when I did see it. But the one thing I'll never forget is when the therapist is talking to Bob or the whatever, psychologist. Whatever you want to call him. He always said baby steps. 
Or he's talking name, to... That's the name of Dr. Leo Marvin's book. Yeah, Baby Steps. And he was... And Bob was Bill Murray's character, right? Yes. Yeah, and he was he was saying, Baby Steps. Baby Steps. I've heard Richard Dreyfus say that they did not get along during the filming of this movie. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's not good. No. It's going to be a fun watch, babe. Oh, goodness. Yes, yes. Is there anything else you wanted to say about Meatballs? No. Oh, whoa, oh, yeah. The, the, the song Meatballs in the movie Meatballs was done by uh, Rick Dees, Okay. who also did the song Disco Duck. Did I ever tell you my Disco Duck story? I think it involved a girl, right? Yes. I, in high school, I wanted to be a radio DJ. So I worked at this high school station called 14... Is it 1450 or 1480? I want to say it's 1450 KBPS. And that was for um, Benson High Benson School. High School, yes. Even though I went to school at MLC, I was able to take classes at Benson. That's kind of cool. Yes. So I worked there in the summer, and this girl who will remain nameless, really cool girl, though. And I do remember her name. I'm just not saying it here. Yeah. Very in a radio. One day she's like, oh, you got to hear this. And she plays me Disco Duck, and she really liked it. Yeah. Um. And that's how I became familiar with Rick Dees. Yes, and Rick Dees, also known for the Weekly Top, the Weekly Top Forty. I know that now. I did not know that then. Yeah. So 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 um, Rick Dees has this like deep voice on the radio. He also has created all these different characters um, on his his show. I don't know him as well as you do. Apparently. I mean, I don't remember all of them. I know that he had like a Cindy Lauper character or whatever it is. It was really weird. Mm. Uh, anyway. Um, but he did he did some really funny songs like um he did a song called um he did Meatballs and Disco Duck. He also did a song called Eat My Shorts. <laughs> right. Before Simpsons. I think you said that here before, but it's did good. I? it bears repeating. I did not. Okay. I don't think I did. It's very good there, But um but uh, of course his recording his recording voice when he sings is different than his DJ voice, which you said that it's probably because he didn't have his harmonizer on. That's my assumption. When he when he did when he was outside of his DJ gig. I'm guessing. Yes. What do you think that's like to be a radio personality and put out an album? So Rick D's got played with Disco Duck. Mm-hmm. But I'm wondering if how difficult that was to get heard on the radio because yes, he could play it on his own show. But I imagine his competitors wouldn't want to play that type of thing on mm-hmm. their station. I don't know. Do you think it's a massive disadvantage to be a radio guy and put out a song? Maybe they don't take him as seriously, but they're fun stuff. I mean, it's fun. I don't know. But the politics of promoting a record got to be a lot different, Maybe. in my opinion. Maybe. I don't know. I, I, I just haven't thought about it, I guess. Okay. Uh, there was a, a DJ... I forgot. I think he was from Kentucky, and he made an album. His name was Gary Burbank, and he made an album of some really funny stuff, and it was it was really great. <laughs> I heard some of it. It was really funny. A lot of these DJs will just put out compilation albums from their show. Yeah, he did a comedy one, nice. but it was funny. But you know what I mean? They'll do like the different bits, and they'll just put them out as a record. Right. Yeah. Some of them would, yeah. How do you feel about that? Well, if it's good stuff, it's good stuff. It doesn't bother me. If it's if it makes you laugh, it makes you laugh. Okay. Even if you could have gotten it for free. For free. 
Yeah, if you listen to their radio show. And if you had a tape recorder, you could have recorded that stuff off the radio show. But I guess then you would have had to put together the compilation. Mm-hmm, and, you mm-hmm, know. mm-hmm. But I think if it makes you laugh, it makes you laugh. I mean. I was in the spam, mm-hmm. 1998. Okay. This girl was really into me, Jayla. We're not going to say any names here. You were in a band. A B- van. A van. Okay, I'm sorry. In 1998. Right. Girl was really into me. And she says, I want to play you something. It was a uh, bit from a local radio station here. I think it was Z100. Oh, actually, Z100 is no longer local. I think it's a national. Um... No, it's it's a brand name that they use in a lot of different markets. Oh, really? Okay. But they use it here in Portland. Or yeah. at least they used to back in the 90s. But yeah, the... Z100 also um, went toward, uh, uh, stretched out to Vancouver as well. Right. Yeah. It's a good station. But it was a good the station. point of the station is not to track the history of the name Z100. The point is she had bought a compilation album from their morning show. Mm-hmm. And I just remember thinking to myself, why would you do that? If you like the show, you could have just recorded it and had a copy and not had to pay the money. That I don't makes know. that makes a little bit of, I think I kind of understand that because back then, you know, you could get a radio with a tape deck and record off of that. Exactly. If you had a blank tape. I mean, that's true. You could have done that. And this is where my mind goes, you know. But I mean, I mean, whether or not she bought it, which sounds like she did buy it. She did buy it. She told me she bought it. I mean, to each his own, I guess. And maybe that's why we never got together. (laughs) You're like, okay, you lost me there. You lost me there. When you bought the thing, you could have gone for free, okay? Okay. Do you think, babe, that because of the rise of the internet? Mm Mm-hmm. And people posting recordings on YouTube and mm-hmm. other places that we are, we have seen the death of the radio disc jockey compilation CD. I don't know. All I, all I want to say about that is I really hope we don't see the death of the CD for a long time because I do like CDs still. And I don't know about the the DJ, the disc, the disc jockey compilation CDs, but maybe you might be right about that. Who knows? I don't know. Although I have heard that cassette tapes are, are beginning to make a comeback. Yes. Which is kind of cool. That is kind of cool. How many CDs do you have, JLo? I have quite a bit. Here? Uh, yeah, I do. Okay. I had some CDs in another case, but I don't know. It's I think it might be somewhere in my aunt's house. Hmm. Um. I hope she did not throw it out. She probably did. Oh, I hope not. No. That would be good. I think I at least have, well, in one in one CD book, I think I have, like, close to 72. Or not not quite, because there's still some pages that are left, um, that are left uh, uh, unoccupied. That's not that many CDs. I don't have, like... I don't have, like, a library of CDs. God, I used to have literally thousands of CDs. Yes, I know. Yes. I don't have, like, a whole library of them, but I have quite a bit. Mm. And what I liked are the CD books because I didn't like keeping them in cases and keeping track of all the cases and trying to figure out where to put all of them. Oh, that's interesting. So I have the CD books, but I only got them because 
I've moved a bunch of times. Mm -hmm. And so I couldn't really move with all those cases. But I love the cases because you had like the, the liner notes in the albums. And also... I found with the CD books, it was really easy to scratch my CDs on those. Really? Yeah. I mean, what you could have done was you could have taken the liner notes and put them in the cases with your CDs. That's you seems like a Or put them in the, I'm sorry, put them in the books with your CDs. I don't know. Mm. I liked them because I didn't care about the cases, and some of the cases that I had were blank. Okay. That didn't have, well, they're the ones that were like... Um, burned for you. Burned for me, and some of the CDs that I do have that are not in books are, are still in their cases. Oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah, but very little. I have very little cases now. Mm. And some of them have broken, so you know, I, I can't really do much about that. I remember in 2000, mm -hmm. I bought this machine from Philips that would burn CDs. You could make, make multiple copies. I spent a whole summer working just to buy this thing. Wow. It was $500 for that, and then it was like another 200 for this tape deck wow. and like $75 for these headphones. So I had the tape deck yeah. so I could tape songs off the radio and transfer them on the CD. I, and mm? I was thinking to myself, oh, this will pay for itself in no time mm -hmm. because I'll be able to borrow CDs from friends. Mm -hmm. And my mom knows a lot of people who like music so we could borrow CDs from her friends. Right. And like, <laughs> I did, we did that. I, I did that a couple of times with, I was surprised how few CDs people actually had that wow. I knew. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I know that there are people that had a lot more CDs than I did. I mean, one of my friends who died, who shall not be named, he died in 2011, unfortunately. But when he was alive, he had a, a, he had a collection of stuff, a lot of stuff. And if he was alive for a little bit longer, he would have been able to put all of that in a digital, uh, put all of his stuff, all of his music in digital. I form. hate to break this to you. What? In 2011, that was possible. No, I know that. But I'm saying that if he would have been around longer, because he had like a lot of CDs in his collection. Oh, you mean if he would have had the time? Not, yes. Not been around longer for technology's sake. Right. Gotcha, gotcha. Right. Yeah. See, see, that's what you get for assuming. Oh, oh. Sometimes you assume too, J.O. I do not. That's not as much as you do. Okay, whatever. Babes? Yes. How are you feeling? I'm feeling great. Okay, great. I am feeling so good. I'm glad to hear that, babes. We are going to make... Yum bowls. A, a yum bowl, yes. We're going to make yum bowls. And some food today. Oh, but we... We we love those yum bowls because I remember when you first took me to Cafe Yum. Such a good local chain. Yeah, so good. Their ingredients are really, really, really good. Yum. And yummy. Whether you have it with or without chicken, it's so good. So, so good. I Delicious. like making the yum sauce at home. It's not too complicated. Alana's never well. She's had my sauce, but she hasn't had my yum sauce. No, I have not. I've, I've, I've not had your yum sauce. I've had other sauces that you did make. So tomorrow, when we get back on here, you're gonna tell uh, how my yum sauce takes, tastes and how you like swallowing my yum sauce. You're making us into a very disgusting. <laughs> are Alana's you? gonna swallow my yum sauce tonight. <laughs> Don't tickle me. Don't tickle me. <laughs> Let me rephrase what he meant by that. 
We are going to make yum bowls, and he's going to put yum sauce on it, and it's going to be good. She's so going to have my yum sauce all over her dinner. Alana, Alana, don't tickle me, babes. Tell me. You, 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 you asked for that one, oh, okay? What ifs. Babes, what ifs? Can I get a kiss for that? Yes. Why? Because I need a kiss. <laughs> that was that was that was very suggestive. Give me a kiss, babe. Please. Come on. After. After this. All right. All right. All right. All right. Mm. Mm, mm, mm. Well, you can give me a kiss after this, too. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, so yum sauce, good for yum bowls. Yes. Nothing else. Jay Wool. Yes. You also bought some ice cream for me. Oh, and you. No, not just for you. And I said and you. Okay. Uh, it's another Tillamook brand ice cream. I love Tillamook ice cream. This is a chocolate peanut butter ice cream that I have bought before, and it literally tastes like there's peanut butter cups in your ice cream. So and along with that, we're going to put some more yummy chocolate syrup on there. I may even put some M&Ms in my bowl. Well, that means I have to put some in mine. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it's going to be a yummy, 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 yummy dinner. Mm-hmm. Yes. Now, you've also been having dreams? Oh, no? yes. Oh, no. yes. <laughs> and then I, got, I have actually got one to contribute to Why don't you first first tell your dream before you forget it? It's because it's going to be like the first time in like yes. a year that I've talked about one of my dreams here. Yes, yes. I was on this plane with this girl that I knew back in the day who will remain nameless. And we both had aisle seats. We were traveling to some conference. She calls this masseuse to come over. Stands up in the middle of the aisle, lifts up her hands, and before he can go to work on her, she turns to me and says, Rick, do you want this guy to give you a massage instead of giving one to me? I respond by saying, I'm not really interested in that type of thing. She replies with, oh, come on, it's great. You know, he can massage your armpits. He can do all this great stuff. (laughs) Armpits? Yes. (laughs) I refuse the offer. Fast forward. We're in a hotel room together. She starts talking about the plane. As she does, I relive. You never told me about the hotel room. No, no, no. Let me keep going, baby. Okay. I know it's a dream. Go on. Brings up the plane. I start reliving the earlier part of the dream with her giving narration about what was really going on. Yes. She wanted me to take advantage of the masseuse. Because her mother was watching. And she was upset because her mother had cancer cancer on her memory gland. And I know that a memory gland probably isn't a thing, but (laughs) this is a dream. She had a cancerous tumor on her memory gland. The doctors can't remove the tumor for some reason. But it's also, like, non-deadly. She's not going to die of it. She's just going to die with it. (laughs) And then I woke up. Huh. Let me ask you a question without giving too much away, because I know at some time you had interaction with this girl. Go ahead. Did you think that, did you, after you woke up from your dream, was there ever a time when she would talk to you about said relative? Her mom her would mother? come up once in a while, yeah. Um, but did she, did she mention anything about sicknesses? In relation to her mom, no. Okay. Yeah. But she talked about her mom quite a bit. Yes. Okay. I know that her mom was pregnant at one point mm-hmm. because she gave birth to 
the girl. Mm, but obviously, I don't know if you'd call that a sickness or not. No, 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 no. I mean, like, was she was her mother ever was she ever talking about anyone like her mother or anyone in her family um, sick? Not to the best of my recollection. Okay. Did she particularly have a good relationship with her mother? Was it frustrating? No, it was horrible. I think most women have bad relationships with their mom. Yeah, but most women is a general statement. I know that there are women whose mothers can get under their skin, but there are women that do have a good relationship with their mothers. I don't think it's most women. Most guys have a bad relationship with their dad, and most women have a bad relationship with their mom. I think it's a general and statement. I though. said most, not all. I think the reason. Yeah, but when you're saying most, you're. I think the reason for that, babe, is if you're a woman and you have a male child, yeah, you're looking at your baby and you're not thinking this person is here to replace me one day. Mm. But the dad looks at that male child of this this kid's going to replace me one day. And if you're a woman and you have a daughter, the dad looks at that daughter like, oh, she's great. She's cute. She's wonderful. And the mom looks at her daughter and thinks she's here to replace me one day. She's my competition. I have a different theory about that. Definitely. Now, I will say this. There are some mothers who think that way. So, but that's why but, I think. But that, hold on. I wasn't finished. I heard you speak. Just a minute. No, but that's why I think that. Mothers do better with male children, and dads generally do better with female children. Not because there's not the competition. Not all the time. I know, but generally. But I. Go ahead. But I think here's a theory. Yes, there are parents who think that way, and it's horrible to think that your child is replacing you. But I also think that there are parents who think that my child, I want my child to carry on my legacy when I'm gone, and so, like for example, if. A, a father starts a family business. Maybe he wants his son to be in the family business to carry on his legacy when he leaves. Or if a mother is a really good cook and baker, she will pass down her recipes to her daughter because she wants to be um, good in the kitchen. She wants her to be good in the kitchen. Things like that. I mean, I think a lot of parents want, if they're good parents, I think that they would want their children and and some children don't follow in their footsteps, but but generally speaking, they would want their children to to um, to uh, carry on their legacy. So that's the way. That's that's how I see it. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Not every parent is. Oh, my child's going to replace me. They're horrible children, and I don't want them to be my competition. I don't think every parent thinks that. I think most do, but that's my opinion. Most is a general term. Okay. Not I'm every parent generally. thinks the way you do. That's true, but I don't have kids. Mm. What? Well. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. That's that's what you get when you um. That's what you get when cynicism takes over. Oh. Jayla. Cynicism isn't necessarily a good quality. Oh, Go on. Okay. Did you have any dreams last night or no? I did not, but I have to tell I have to tell you and all our listeners about the two dreams I had. Actually, I had a dream in the afternoon when I took my nap, and Sorry. I also had another dream. Uh earlier this week but let's start with the one that i had earlier this week and then i'll go to the one go ahead yesterday tell me if i told that one it was the one about the dance actually you no did i did tell that one. okay tell me about what happened yesterday afternoon okay so i won't tell you the the one earlier but i'll tell you the one yesterday so we took a nap for like two hours much needed actually yes. apparently i did need it too yes I had this weird, weird dream that I was in some kind of like a community center. 
I was talking to this guy. I think he may have been either the um, the director of it or the, I don't know, a staff member or whatever. He seemed like a nice guy. I don't even know what his name is. We're walking around the center, and then he says, do you need to go to the bathroom? I said, yeah, I think I should. And so there's this recessed hallway. You know what I'm talking about? Those yes. kind of like hidden hallways. Mm-hmm. There's like a couple of doors. One of the doors happens to be the bathroom. It's like this bathroom with like one stall. It smelled pretty bad in there. The floor was wet. Then I hear someone snoring in the stall. And I also hear a machine going on. So apparently what happened is there was a woman that was asleep in one of the stalls and had this machine hooked up to her. What it sounded like to me was it sounded like it was like like she was hooked up to some kind of ivy, which was very odd to me. And I said, you know what? Uh, I don't want to go in there. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I, I don't think you should go in there. And so we get out of the bathroom and he says, hey, um, Actually, she lives here. And I said, something like that effect. I said, does she live, does she, does she live here or something? What, what's going on with that? And he, he explained in the dream to me that part of the center was made into an apartment for her, including the bathroom. Uh, that's really odd. And then we, we start talking about where I live. And I said, well, I, I used to live with roommates, but I live in my own apartment. In the dream, I said that I live like, by Mount Tabor Park, which wasn't true. And I said something to the effect about, uh, I asked him, Had, do you, have you been to Mount Tabor? He says, no, I haven't. I said, yeah, me and my boyfriend haven't been to Mount Tabor for a while because we used to go there. We used to go walking or hiking or whatever, and then I wake up. It was a very odd dream. I don't even know what that's supposed to mean, but apparently Mount Tabor was mentioned in it, and hiking and walking. And I mentioned to the guy that we haven't done it since the, um, since the Corona thing. Nice. It was very weird. Yeah. And we actually went to Mount Tabor the Monday before things started shutting down. This was in July. No, 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 no. I'm sorry. This was in March. Yes. This was in March. It was a beautiful day too. It almost felt like summer weather. It was, it was great really day. beautiful, yeah. Little did we know. We had some snacks. We were walking around. It was really, really nice. The no air, masks. No masks at all. There were people that were passing us. We went to um, we went to visit a, a church that wasn't too far. It was we were just walking through, kind of. We weren't there to worship. No, we were just walking down, uh, walking around that space because I'd never been there. And I thought, oh, it's really interesting. And then you were trying to show me where the coffee place was. Mm-hmm. Did we ever find it? I don't think we did. You no, said, we did. We did. We did find it. Okay. We did find it, yeah. Okay. Because I knew where it was. Because I've been in there many times before. I've done events there. I used to be part of the self-love group that would meet there on mm-hmm. occasion. Mm-hmm. Very nice stuff. Yeah, it was, it was a beautiful day. We just had a wonderful time. Yes. And one of my friends has a son who used to work in that coffee shop. Mm. Yes. I think I know who that might be. I think you might, Jay Wolf. Yes. I don't know. I've never met this, um, the son, but I think I know who it is. Yes. Have you ever gotten anything from that coffee place? You know what? In 2010, I think I bought a brownie from them. 
we could have gone there and gotten something, something, uh, you know, but we weren't even thinking about that because we were walking around and I, you know, yeah, I don't remember why you're showing me some other things. Yeah, I just wanted to show you the building because I had a little bit of history there. It was, it was just a really, really fun day. Mm-hmm. We had a good time. Yes. Yes. That was my dream. It was weird. Oh, nice. <laughs> what do you think about the apartment thing? I'm guessing in the dream that the woman was homeless. Mm-hmm. I never met the woman. But what do you think about, like, people... Uh, we don't have to go too much into the homeless issue, but what do you think about that dream and what the apartment slash community center represents? It could be anything, right? It could be anything. I was going to ask you what you thought it represented. Um... I don't know, like, I don't know what it represents. I don't even know why I even dreamed about it. I wasn't even thinking about community centers, but community centers are no place for, it's not a place for people to live. No. It's just a place for communities to, for a community, for, you know, for the community in general to take classes, swim in the pool, go to the gym, whatever it is, like a YMCA type of thing. But the fact that they gave this this lady a place to live I thought okay that's interesting I don't know what it's supposed to say really it's just a weird dream yeah maybe there should be a sitcom about that about what a lady moves into the bathroom of this community center and it's about all the people she meets yeah we could call it shit in her place Uh, no we could call it um bathroom buddies no. I like bathrooms. Well, okay, so I remember watching the show, and I think it was uh, one of those things that is like a reenactment show called Untold Stories of the ER. And I remember watching an episode where this lady goes into the bathroom, and I think she's like cleaning out the bathroom, and she notices that there was a tile missing. And she looks, and it's like in the ceiling, okay? And she looks... And she finds out later on that there was a person living there. That's crazy. Isn't that weird? Yeah. Of all the places you could live in the bathroom, yeah. Yeah. But there was a person living there. It was really weird. Nice. Yeah. Alana? Yes. Is there anything else you want to say? No, not at all. I think it's time to maybe wrap this up. Yes. Watch some DS9 about Nog. Maybe a little bit of snacks. Yep, make out. The whole yeah. thing. Yeah. 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 So let's do a kiss to end this. Mm. Okay, enough, enough. What? What? Enough. What? Do I do that a lot? Yes, you do. It's kind of distracting. Oh, sorry. I didn't know. Is that our stick? Is that our little stick thing? Like our little gag where we kiss at the end of each episode and you make these weird noises and I say stop? It is. We can <laughs> always change it around, though. No, no, maybe that makes people laugh. I don't know. Uh, Any other things you want to say? I'm very excited about dinner, and I'm also very excited about showing a movie that I picked out, which is called Welcome Home, Roxy Carmichael. Very nice, babes. It's very good. Good. Yes. I don't have anything to say. I don't either. Yes. So let's go watch some DS9, or let's go eat some snacks. Yeah. And then watch DS9. All right. All right. Till next time, Jay Wool. Till next time, happy Saturday. Happy Saturday. Bye bye. Bye bye. <laughs>